Hi, and welcome to another episode of Five Good Thoughts. I'm your host, Jack Bodenhammer. We're here today with Mariah Humphreys to give us five good thoughts on a diverse life. Mariah, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, as, as we just started dreaming about people to talk to, you're very high on my list. Not only are you a Truett alumna, not only are you a, a Baylor employee, but you have this great work that you do with Be The Bridge as well. And yes. it's just exciting to talk to you along these lines. And you're my friend. So it's great. It's win, win, win. Uh, but give us, for those of us that may be listening and don't know Be The Bridge, give us just the kind of elevator pitch on what is Be The Bridge. So Be The Bridge is a faith-based organization, nonprofit, and we exist basically to empower people and culture towards racial healing, equity, and reconciliation. And that's kind of our, our little elevator speech. But what we do is we really step into the role of providing cultural awareness for people, walking people through the experience of others. And so we're talking about diversity today, but this is exactly what Be The Bridge works on. And so we do that through small groups, through interracial groups, through one-on-one -on -one work, through community groups, through training, all of, the, all of the aspects of walking through this work of pursuing racial reconciliation, Be The Bridge takes on. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And I encourage people to, to look that up. Google be the bridge and get connected. It, it's doing just great work all over the nation and uh, yeah. super excited to have you. So let's get started. Five good thoughts on a diverse life. Number five. Okay. I would say number five is diversity is not easy, but it's worth the effort. And I think that's a good thing. I think it takes work to walk out of our space of our own knowledge in order to kind of step into that space of being a student and learn from others' experiences, learn from others' cultures. And at times that is not easy, but it is always worth it. There's never a time that I have not learned about somebody else's experience or their culture. And I did not walk away from that feeling a little bit more enriched, a little bit more knowledgeable and fuller as a person. So I think it's not easy, but it's worth the effort. Yeah, that's, that's a really great thought. Uh, and it starts with humility, right? And I don't know, yeah. I don't want to step on your other points here, but uh, it seems to me like you can't be a learner if you're, you're coming with all the answers. Absolutely. And so there's a kind of a phrase that I like to use. You're listening to learn rather than listening to respond. And I think that's part of it. So I think within our society specifically, we tend to listen to have a sort of response or to help somebody out or to redirect or give our opinion immediately after. And I think we've lost the practice and the beauty of just listening and sitting with that knowledge of somebody else's experience or representation. And yeah, you've got to step into it with humility though, because it's not always about us. Sometimes it's just about learning about somebody else, but you've got to be able to be humbly walking through that. It's a necessity. Yes. Good point. Yeah. So not easy, but it's worth it for sure. Yes. All right. So number four. Number four. Okay. Being uncomfortable in this space of diversity is not a bad thing. And I say that because a lot of us feel like it is oftentimes the worst thing. We don't want to be uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Right. But if um, we're walking in this space of diversity and pursuing diversity, then we want to be able to 
have this healing of where we have been, um, acknowledge where we've been and walk into this space of like healing with racial reconciliation, right? And so it is uncomfortable at times and that's not a bad thing. And I will oftentimes describe it as a healing process rather than a being sick or having to discover that you're ill. And so when I go through this, I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is a little bit uncomfortable for me, for me. The topic is a little bit uncomfortable. I'm feeling some sort of way about it. And usually what I want to do immediately is retract and step back or dig in my heels. It's like, no, I don't want to have it. And I want to remove the conversation off the table. But with this, with pursuing diversity, it's actually a really good thing. And so we become aware of things that we haven't been aware of before. And that makes us uncomfortable because nobody wants to step into life thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's really awkward and uncomfortable. So this is a good way to be able to just practice the mindset of being uncomfortable at times, or just, it's really not a bad thing. And it's actually taking steps towards healing racially, um, socioeconomically, whatever the experience is in a diverse space, it's not a bad thing. I think we need to start embracing that a little bit more, the act of embracing that discomfort. It's, it can be a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, I think the the temptation or I, I, the struggle, maybe temptation is the right, the right word. The struggle is that discomfort means I'm a bad person, right? Because I'm coming face to face with with some realities that are not my own. But how do we how do we deal with that issue of, of um, that that discomfort is it creates in me this feeling I, I, I'm yeah bad. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody wants to feel bad about themselves and nobody wants to be told you're bad either. Right. And I think sometimes in this, I mean, we're adults, so we need to be able to process information differently. And I think right now we're in a stage society wise, where if there is any sort of pushback or if there is something where it's kind of confrontational to us, we tend to think you're telling me that I'm doing something. Um, for instance, if I say one thing towards you about, uh, you know, me being a Native American woman and you're not knowledgeable in some space, I'm not telling you you're an idiot or you're, you know, this, this horrible person for not knowing this. It's this time to be like, I did not, I did not know that. And I think we need to remember that that's okay to say, we don't know and we're learning and we've lost the art of being a student. I mean, we're both in academia. So I think we're lifelong students, right? But so many of us have forgotten that joy of being able to be that student and being able to be the receiver of information and be able to take that for as it is. And sometimes it's just not about us. And it's not about what we are doing per se. It's about learning about the person on the other side of us. So. And that's so good. That's so good. I think there's, again, it just goes back to humility, right? Like that just, yes. uh, it's not about me. It's not about my discomfort. Exactly. Um, and, and that's a beautiful picture. Um, so number three. Number three, this is something that maybe you've heard several times, maybe not, who knows, but representation matters. And so representation is a wonderful thing in our society. We are a very diverse society, but within our individual life, representation matters. So we may hear that a lot, but there's something that makes you feel 
just really embraced and seen and heard when someone who looks like you or is from your culture has some sort of a spotlight or is on a stage or is leading or teaching represented in some sort of visible, you know, visible or audible way. And we have this connection with them like that. They're representing me that they look like me. They, they act like me. They are from where I'm from, you know, that pride that you have from someone from your hometown you know, representation, you kind of feel that pride as well, even though you're not the one who's actively doing this, right? And I feel the same way when I see someone who's Native American, who's doing amazing things. I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for representing us well. And I think representation really does matter. It matters for the individual who's seeing their representation in front of them, but it also matters for the rest of us because it keeps that diversity in front of us and it keeps, you know, we're not a mono racial society. And so when we're pursuing diversity, male, female, whatever it is that we're pursuing here, it is just a really nice thing for individuals, but the corporate, the collective to be able to see that person does not look like me. That person does not sound like me. Um, we are from different identifications. This is something that I really need to look at and consider the beauty of it and just embrace the diversity of that moment. So representation absolutely matters, not only for the individual, but for all of us when we see others being represented. And I think that is a really key point. That's wonderful. It, I don't know if I've ever shared the story with you, but for me, this really solidified uh, in the choir loft, if, of all things. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't belong in a choir loft, but when, <laughs> when you're at a small church, you do all those things as, as a come pastor. On, we hired uh, an African-American female student, Baylor, to come lead our worship. Um, and so I was, I was standing there in the choir loft next to one of our, our students in the youth department who had been in our church since a child. Uh, she's a young African-American young lady. Um, she'd been in our church throughout the years. She'd seen women preach. She'd seen women uh, lead worship, seen them baptized, seen them do the Lord's Supper, seen women in all of these roles. But we were at choir practice the first night of this, this African-American female leading worship. And she turned to me and said, I could do this. And for me, I realized that was the, probably the first time in her life that she had seen an African-American female, someone who looked like her, leading worship in the pulpit. And, and I, I mean, it still nearly brings me to tears of we, we thought we were doing good in one area. Right. And, and, and we still needed to grow. Like there's still room to grow. There's still room to peel back. And, 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 you know, it was a life-changing moment for her and for me, like you said, it wasn't just um, for the person to see it. It was for everybody to see, this is a valuable and important thing that will impact. And it did, it impacted our community of faith and impacted our community. Um, And, and so I think we can't undervalue uh, you're so right. Um, that that's an important note to kind of constantly keep ringing. Um, and y'all have seen this in, in your church at Park Lake, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's something to be said, even, uh, you know, we didn't talk about language, but even language wise. So we have people who are only Spanish speaking in our primarily English speaking service, but that was really important to be able to have that representation and it made, you know, it, it made us uncomfortable 
And we had to kind of step through that. It was not easy. We were stepping out of our comfort zone. We were stepping out of our range of knowledge. And we did that. So people who were coming in from our neighborhood, from our side of the city, who come into our space are seeing themselves in these positions and they're hearing, you know, a a home language, a heart language, and there's this connection there. And that was really important. I don't know Spanish. I grew up in New Mexico and I took French because that made sense for me for some reason. But when we have a moment to be able to sing in Spanish every Sunday, we also have the English on there as well. And I'm learning how to sing in Spanish and I'm looking at the words. And so I'm looking at what I'm singing and there is such a richness to it. And so I am a better person for having that in my space. And it's exactly what you're talking about. We, when we see someone up on a stage, especially in a church service, see someone who represents us, represents our family, our culture, it is, it's impactful. And if you have that moment, like you did, it impacts you as well. And you see that I also need that. It's not just for you. I'm also needing this. And I think that is, I think that's an excellent point you share. I'm glad you shared that story because I think that's so important to hear. Yeah. So I'll plug Be The Bridge as a resource, 100%. Guys, go go sure. out and, and find Be The Bridge. But what other resources might you reference us in number two here? Yeah, well, you know, in addition to Be The Bridge, there's also a book called Be The Bridge. And so I have loved this book. And not just because I like the author, I know the author, right? I, I believe this book has some amazing, amazing content in it. And so I talk about that quite a bit. I would also recommend, it's, it's a Christian author, but the book is called The Minority Experience, and it's by an author called Adrian Pei, P-E-I, and it is such an important book because it does talk about diversity, and it talks about diversity kind of in your workspace and how that plays out, because a lot of us are in diverse workspaces, even if our personal lives are not diverse. And it really helps navigate within our workspace, or I would say your church space with staff, if you have volunteers, anybody who is in um, and outside of your family who is in this diverse kind of space where there's all these cultures or representations there. That's an excellent book to be able to know what everybody kind of walks through. What are some of the red flags that tend to come up? Because a lot of things, we didn't talk about this, but the best intentions sometimes land in the worst way. And so it kind of walks you through some of those things as well. And so I think that's a great resource for anybody who is desiring to be able to have a healthy and welcoming diverse space, because sometimes our diversity is not healthy or welcoming. But I think this book is a really good way to to walk you through that. I think that's a a good one. Wow. That's so, that's so helpful. I think, and yeah, just an aside, I I had a professor one time uh, in a class talking about the unhealthy diversity of just it's not enough for everybody to have a seat at the table. Everybody needs to be able to bring their own food. Right. Uh, And what a great illustration of like, it's, there's nuance to this conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very potluck style. Right. You know, a lot of times it's, you are welcome to move into, you, you can, you can live with us. Don't 
move the furniture <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> we like our cabinets to be this way and we like our dishwasher to be loaded this way. What it, it, so many small things where we really like to control that and to be able to step into diversity, you really have to kind of let go of some of that control. It doesn't mean that you have to shift where you are. You're just bringing people in to be able to have a voice and allowing voices to be able to speak is, is always going to be worth it for me. So that's good. That's good. All right, Laius, uh, let us have this, this number one on a good thought, on diverse life. So it's going to be an obvious one, right? But it's very Christ-like. Yes. I mean, yeah. pursuing diversity, we, we were created and we're called good which means you and I, I mean, nobody's seeing us, but you and I look very different. Our skin is very different. We, you're male, I'm female, all of these sorts of things. And yet we were both created in the image of God, right? So there is this beauty that's there and we're both called good. So that's, Mm. that's probably a really good, really good number one. And the last time I checked the, the new Testament was filled with knowledge and direction on loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think that is always a timeless, I think it's something that we probably overuse at times where we never, we, we kind of get past the importance of it and the real depthness of that thought, because we're not talking about proximity, you know, that your literal home, because we tend to, if we don't pursue diversity, we tend to be in a very, you know, monolithic space. And so I think one of the beautiful things about the New Testament and the life of Christ is we see all of these different people come in to view. And there's this view of importance and acceptance. And that is the perfect launching point to be able to go through these other steps, but especially as Christians and in Christ followers, pursuing a diverse life is very biblical. And I think there's that excellent framework there that I always try to stay within. I'm always try to keep that framework in mind as I'm moving outwards and trying to learn about other people. That's great. Yeah. It's, it is a very simple lesson. Uh, Jesus, uh, the Sunday school answer is often the right answer. Uh, Jesus leads us to this place. Um, that's wonderful. Well, Mariah, thank you again so much for being here. Uh, we appreciate your time and your voice. Um, it's so important. And, uh, I encourage folks to, to, to look Mariah up and she is always doing great things. Uh, you can find her on social media and see some of the, the great, um, webinars, all sorts of things that, that you've done in your, your litany of, of history. So again, thank you so much. Glad you could be here. Uh, join us next time on five good thoughts. Thanks. Bye.